At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Warm regards. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I'm trying new stuff. Uh, it's no longer just welcome. We're doing number one seed stuff. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And man, uh, you know, it feels good uh, sitting number one. I don't know how to how to behave uh, right now. I'm wearing a leather jacket uh, on top of my fur jacket. Uh, I'm wearing sunglasses in the studio uh, came here in a limousine that I could not afford. Don't tell them. And uh, man, it just it just feels nice, you know, just to, just to sit up top and be a big dog. You know, I'm glad to hear that you've so quickly adjusted to the lofty status of being in first place in the West with already a limo. I mean, that didn't take long. They've only been in first place yeah. since maybe like Thursday of last week. It's only been four or five days, but you've already made mm-hmm. the necessary alterations and adjustments to this lifestyle. Yeah. I think it's outstanding. Reasonable adjustments too. <laughs> I'm buying some exotic monkeys. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Yes. And you, you've changed, you know, some of the way that you intro mm-hmm. the podcast. This is, this to me is first place behavior. And one of the things that we're going to talk about with Mr. Joel Myers to the, in today's show, when we get into the podcast is how he was talking about how he's learned to make a screenshot of the standings. And he enjoys the fact that of where the Pelicans are on that list. I think my finger is not getting used to when I open up the standings, not having to scroll down. I like instinctively start scrolling down. I'm like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Right. And then I realize, wait, you just wasted the last 30 to 45 seconds trying to figure this out there. You should have just opened it up. Yeah. You're just seeing the Lakers when you scroll down that far. Right. Exactly. So yeah, this is, this is, this is something else. This is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And Jim, I, I am hoping that, that you get on my train and by the end of the week, uh, I see you just in Gucci shades, walking a, a team of 
of aardvarks around <laughs> town, just doing some eccentric number one seed stuff, you know, that's, hop on board, man. That it's sounds great. exactly like my personality. That sounds like it something is. that, that, uh, flashy get on right away. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You no know, just, you know, if you don't know Jim, he's just, you know, he's just one of those guys who just craves attention all the time. <laughs> he, uh, comes here in a bedazzled Zeppelin every day to work. Uh, but you know what? That's just that's just Jim being Jim. Uh, man, I got to tell you that 129-124 overtime win, first overtime win of the season, by the way, mm-hmm. against the Suns. Uh, I am just, I'm still drinking it in, and I, I just cannot think of a team that maybe the Lakers. I don't know. I cannot think of a team that it would have felt better to just beat in that way. Somebody, Graf said it on the broadcast, was going to go home very disappointed that night. God, it feels good it was them. <laughs> I tell you, we've come a long way that this Pelican Suns has really traveled quite a distance in the last eight months. Yeah. You're sitting here and trying to tell me that you enjoyed that as much as a as a beatdown of the of the Lakers. I mean, that's some lofty status to be able to get to that point where you're like even in in the same range. So yeah, like but you it, know, I didn't like Anthony Davis's pouting, and LeBron could be annoying, but neither of them have thrown an elbow into Jose Alvarado's throat. <laughs> That's true, and I I gotta say I give Bally Sports credit. They went through all of the security tapes. Apparently, they went through all the different angles, and they found yes. the footage. I actually I joke, but that's that footage actually couldn't have been that difficult to find. I mean, it was right there on the court, but it just wasn't one of the angles that they showed live during the broadcast. So that it's been that going was around Twitter. That was eye opening to me, and I I have to say too, I tweeted this um, Sunday. I give Jose Alvarado credit for he was asked about, you know, what was the deal that caused the issues at the end? And he totally, you know, changed the subject and really wouldn't get into it. If it was me, I would have been, as I kind of alluded to, I would have been going back through the security tapes. Yeah, I'm a tweeted it out. I would have created I don't even have an Instagram account. I would have created one (laughs) just to post just that. Just the footage angles. Yes, yes, all the video of that. So yeah, I mean, we we're seeing some of the reasons why the booze continue to rain down on mm-hmm. the court, and it was just a, it was a very intense weekend, very testy between the two teams, and I feel like part of this, Phoenix is coming at this from an angle of, I feel like they're starting to be a little threatened by not just the Pelicans, but just the position that they've been in. They were in the finals two years two years ago, had the best record in the league last year, had a really um, game ugly game seven that they probably wouldn't even want anyone to bring up against Dallas. And then so now let's talk about it. <laughs> right. And now there's a bunch of teams, I think not just the Pelicans that are trying to give them a run in the Western conference for best record. They've lost four in a row. That doesn't help as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it just seemed like the, the vibe around that team was very jumpy and, you know, kind of cornered, cornered, animal the way that they reacted to a lot of the stuff I think that happened this weekend. You know, I just wish Zion, honestly, could have windmill dunked over and over and over and over again. <laughs> just on a loop, over and over again. But that's just me. I'm sorry. You I'm, know, I'm petty. You re- that reminds me, um, I have a small rant here. Uh-oh! So... Pelicans are up nine points at the end of that game. Chris Paul drives in, takes a shot with, I want to say maybe 15 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Would have cut the lead to seven, missed the shot. We all know what happened after that. It's yep. been on the highlights, and we've added the millions of views to yeah, that. Deservedly so. Um, but I, I wanted to point out, it seemed like 
it felt like people talked about that, like the Pelicans were up by 30 points and they had already embarrassed Phoenix. It was not a blowout at that point. No. And if you go back in NBA history, for example, there's a famous in, um, sequence where Reggie Miller scored eight points in nine seconds to beat the Knicks. Rodney Rogers, who was a forward that played for Denver and also played for New Orleans as well, briefly had a, a span where he made three three-pointers in like 10, 15 seconds at the end of the game. So acting like the game is over when it's a seven or nine point game, I don't understand it. I don't get why it was, again, acting like the Pelicans were humiliating the Suns and that the game was already decided. Now, granted, I get when the ball comes out to Zion, they expect you to just dribble out the clock. If they're going to let you run it out, the game's over. Everybody walks off the court, et cetera, Boring. et cetera. Boring. I'm so sick and of this. This uh, John yes. DeShazer tweeted it, and and I it is something about how you know for etiquette reasons the Pelicans will be playing with their pinkies up and tea time yes. at two thirty. Mm-hmm. It's basketball, and it'd be one thing if Zion dunked on them in Phoenix, okay? But it was it was a home floor. It was a sellout crowd. Honestly, the game wasn't. It, of course, the game was over. But it was more about like showing out for home fans. Exactly. Than, and for them to react that way. I don't know. Maybe they're just kind of corny. That's just, uh, that's just how I... Th- <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? You bring me to my last point of this mini rant. Shit rant. We, do, we, do we care about what the players think and how they feel? Yes. We, have to, we, we, we can consider that. But to me, what the fans want should always be so much more important than that. The fans are the whole reason that we're here. Fans are the only reason that we have jobs. The only yes. reason that we're employed. The only reason the players are employed. So if a player like Zion wants to do something like that at the end of the game and the 16,000, 17,000 people who are however many in the arena come away with an awesome memory and something that they will look back on for a long time, to me that's way more important than that that's a few players oh, yeah, had the their Chris feelings Paul's hurt. Feelings? That, that they lost the game by 11 points instead of nine. So, and, yeah. I, and I'm also totally on board with CJ McCollum who said, if they don't want us to dunk, they should just run back on defense. So yeah, no Zion was all by himself out there. Uh, I didn't see anyone getting in his way to your point, Jim is an 11 year old getting to see one of the greatest sports moments of his young life or Chris Paul's feelings. I think that's, you know, I think that's a pretty <laughs> easy a route. Yeah. Decision to yeah. make. And uh, again, it was on SportsCenter all over the place for a reason. It was better than anything we saw in the dunk contest, and it was worth all their little feelings getting hurt. So uh, it was great to watch Zion score 35 on them back to back. I want to talk to Joel Myers about it so bad because I know Joel is always a lot of fun, and he's going to have a ton of takes on this big win and, and the Pelicans sitting number one in the West. So let's get into it with Bally Sports play-by-play announcer, Mr. Joel Myers. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, the voice of Pelicans on Bally Sports. You know him and love him. He's a know him and love him guy. It's Mr. Joel Venile himself, Joel Myers. Great day to have you, Joel. How you doing, man? An amazing day after an incredible weekend, guys. Ugh. And I uh, wanted to start things off by saying I want to wish somebody who's close and a friend, and it's his 90th birthday today. Oh, wow. And I bring it up because we celebrate him in the state of Louisiana because he was an LSU All-American, top 50, top 75 in the NBA, an NBA champion, a two-time MVP, 11-time All-Star, he retired after only 11 years because 
in those days, you weren't making millions and you needed a job. And so I want to wish a really special, happy 90th birthday to Bob Pettit. I'm really fortunate to have Bob as a friend and his wife. That's great, Joel. I mean, another nice uh, day in New Orleans basketball. Uh, we're coming off. I mean, I don't even know where to start with that weekend. I mean, how how do you describe what the Pelicans were able to do and just how much fun that was to be there for? I mean, it, I think it was going to be exciting no matter what, but to be able to get two of those wins and look as impressive as New Orleans did against the Suns. Well, Jim, I said to somebody in our front office late last night because we've been texting and everybody, it's so much fun. I mean, I went to dinner after the game and everybody wants to talk about the Pels. There's a great buzz. And the loyalty factor of the city for this ball club, it's pretty amazing to me. And I've only been here 11 years. So, you you know, there's sweat equity after all those years with the Saints. and, and But to, to feel it now with the Pels is pretty amazing. And uh, to look up at that building last night, a packed every, I mean, upstairs, downstairs. Yeah. And I said to one of our senior vice presidents, I said, what a great to have fun and win with all these people, our friends in the building. It was just, I mean, a collective high for Mm. all of us all weekend long because the support's been there. And now that support and that loyalty is being rewarded. What may be the most amazing part is the seven-game winning streak comes without Brandon. And it's only going to get better because Brandon's a phenomenal talent. And then the last five without Herb. Yeah. So AD has always said, my partner, Antonio Daniels, is the deepest team of the NBA, and I don't disagree with him. In fact, last night we got into it, and I said, you're preaching to the choir. But this is such a deep squad. And Griff has always said he wants it to be sustainable. Well, it is. Because all these guys, if you go from Dyson at 19 years of age, yeah. Brandon at 25, and then what CJ brings to the table, Jonas, Larry, the, the I guess the upperclassmen, the elder statesmen at 29 and 30. It's just the greatest time for all of us that love basketball in this city. Joel, you used the phrase, you know, wasn't it a fun time that we had with our friends? It does seem like there's kind of just a huge bond that's developing here. I mean, to me, you know, you, you go 18 and 8, you lead the Western Conference, and you're going to have people that want to come to the games. You're playing against a team like Phoenix that you played a heated playoff series against. There's another reason to come. But to me... I can't remember ever seeing, and I don't want to go exaggerate here too much, but I don't know if I ever remember seeing a team in any sport that has as many players that are beloved by the fans. It just seems like there's just really something special going on here in terms of you go to the arena and it does feel like everybody's kind of on the same page, like it's almost like a extended family here at the risk of being too, uh, you know, schmaltzy. But, I mean... I, I'm I'm just so impressed and amazed at just the way that the atmosphere at the arena has spiked so much. I mean, at the beginning of last year, they started off three and sixteen, and you weren't you weren't giving people a lot of reasons to to come. But it's just unbelievable to me that just to see the dominoes that have kind of fallen into place, and now what we have when we're going to the arena every night. Well, so many components to your point, Jim. So many components of this group are part of what the team and what Griff and Trajan and the front office, Swin, Bryson, you want to grow organically. If the guys that they've drafted now over the last couple of years mm-hmm. are a big part of where this team is at 18 and 8. So 
it, whether it's Trey or Zion, now Dyson. Dyson played 36 minutes last night. That's a 19-year-old playing 36 minutes at a high level of the NBA. And he was, <laughs> out of the starters, he was second in plus minus. That's how good it was. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then what Zion's doing. And let's face it, he, he hasn't been able to stay on the floor because, and out of his control, uh, overall health. But the last seven games, what he's done with the back-to-back 35s, the last two games. And if you look at the numbers, which I did this morning over the last seven, getting ready for Utah uh, Tuesday and Thursday, it's amazing. What Zion has done is efficiency and what he's done there. And then a couple of mid-range, a couple of threes last night, the Mm mid-range jumper, you know, the step through. uh, And the guys that you invested in, where you developed, like Najee. And how about the bond that Jose already has with the city in only his second season the appreciation and love they have for Jose, it, it's just, it grabs you. And it's really good. And then, you know, Trey is getting better at the defensive end. So he only hit one three last night, but that doesn't make any difference. He did a lot of other things well. So it, it's growing the way it should be. And then you're investing in guys where you can say, hey, the development. I watched him. And they're all invested. Everybody in this Kitty is invested in his ball club. So it is truly the healthiest of situations. You know, you know what I enjoyed last night, uh, Joel, and, I, and I'm sure you heard it actually there, you know, courtside and whatnot, is is the fans, I think a lot of people think of, that people are just now starting to pay attention to the Pelicans. And, and to some degree, that may be true. But what I enjoyed last night was hearing the fans cheer at the appropriate times, hearing them cheer for the right reasons, for the right calls. It seems like a smart fan base. This doesn't seem like a brand new NBA fan base who doesn't understand what's going on. And it's just a fun atmosphere when it seems like the fans are all synced up together. Doesn't it, Joel? Yeah. And it's very similar to when you go to a Saints game. Yeah. And there's that quiet right before the snap and they're reading what's the formation, what are the safeties doing on defense for the opponents. Uh, so, and then it was kind of funny because when Zion went to the line last night to shoot two and he split the pair. Yeah. And AD said, because he missed the first, AD said, you know, I think it's a lot easier for a guy to go up there when they're chanting MVP than when you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> and it was funny because it was like when you're in a high school gym, it went dead quiet, which is really, to your point, that's the way it should be. You want to let the guy concentrate. So, you know, and here is talk about healthy. Zion played 42 minutes. CJ's back, his legs, everything about him, his leadership. He played 45 last night. It's, as I brought up, Dyson with 36. Najee off the bench with 36. So this is a pretty amazing run. It's the best after 26 games in franchise history. So these guys have already made their mark after 26 games, 18 and 8. What a start. And if you stay healthy, we've already seen the depth of this roster without Brandon and Herb. And hopefully they're going to be back for the Salt Lake City games, those two on Tuesday and Thursday. But everybody's, the investment of the city, which we've seen with the Saints, so they're embracing this locker room because they're, they're their own. Most of these guys, and CJ was a huge addition last year. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's the adult in the room, but his leadership is amazing, his perspective, and he's so bright and articulate to begin with. 
So we don't have to remind everybody he's the Players Association president, but what he brings off the floor, besides on the floor, which is phenomenal, uh, it's pretty amazing the way it's all glued together. Yeah, Joel, I think you could say some some of the similar things about Larry Nance, too, as far as the guy coming off the bench that's given them that voice and their leadership and that kind of thing. Um, I think at this point of the podcast, I feel like maybe this is the part where we – I don't know if we have the rights to it, but we should probably play some like Darth Vader music because I'm going to bring up the <laughs> yes. Phoenix Suns right now and talk about um, just these two games. I mean, I guess maybe more specifically to you, Joel, I mean, what are some of your biggest takeaways from these two games in terms of, you know, obviously the Pelicans played them in the playoffs last year. Both teams have made a bunch of, well, Pelicans have a pretty similar team, but didn't make a lot of changes. The Phoenix's rotation looks quite a bit different as we discussed, but I mean, what are some of the things that you, you, you look at from these two games as far as maybe just the gap, for example, that's been closed between new Orleans and Phoenix since they face each other in April. Well, Phoenix is in a, you see Phoenix is in a win now mode. Whereas the Pels window is just opening. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, Brandon's a veteran. He's 25 years old. Chris Paul's 37 going on 38 and CJ is only 30. And locked in for the next, what, next year and two years after that. So the Pell's window, it, it, we're as Aiton is only 24, 25 now, and Devin Booker is still young. But for the most part, when you look at that team, and I like Mikael Bridges a lot. He's young. I should include him as well. For the most part, they're in a win-now mode because of CP3. Because that window is closing on his career and his level of effectiveness. So, uh, but it's just starting for the Pels, mm-hmm. and that's the plus. And, hey, it's a good rivalry, but unfortunately, it's not really a rivalry yet until it, it's sustained, like, in the postseason in, in multiple, multiple years. And then I don't understand the schedule anymore at all. Because <laughs> in the old days, at the end of the year, the last six, eight weeks of the season after All-Star break, you played A, your conference, and be your division. And you were through with the East usually mm-hmm. by March 1st. Right. But now they're over before Christmas with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So I hope that's remedied down the road. And they look at it where we won't see any Eastern Conference teams after March 1st over the last six weeks of the season. It's just in conference and in division. So I, that's tough for me that it's going to be over already with the Phoenix Suns. We haven't even hit Christmas Day. Zion Williamson, he scored 35 points back-to-back in those games uh, against the Suns. And I want to ask you specifically, Joel, because you're a measured guy and you're not a big uh, hot take fella. Uh, People are starting to talk about MVP consideration. You hear the MVP chants again, like you are saying, at the line. Uh, How seriously are you starting to take that consideration? I mean, what is the criteria for you of an MVP? Is it how important they are to their team because I think he's proven especially with BI out how important he is is it performance because those points and and his numbers don't lie Uh, I mean what is the MVP uh, criteria and is he starting to meet it for you Joel well yeah it's all about the success of how integral is his uh, performance to the success of the team and does he make everybody better around him Mm -hmm. which he has already over 26 games so the numbers back up that he is definitely in consideration because of the success of the team. He has elevated his teammates. The record is an example of that. Everybody around him. And he's gonna, Zion's going to have triple doubles. 
Now, the Pels, if anything, need to improve the three-point shooting. And maybe a couple of guys step up. And, because Zion's going to have triple doubles. He's going to draw so much attention. Yeah. And we've already seen that. They build a wall that other guys are going to be recipients of more space. So if they knock down those shots, those triple doubles will fall into place. But there's no question he's an MVP consideration after a little more than 25% of the schedule because of what he has meant to the ascent of this franchise, what he has meant to his teammates, and he makes everybody around him better. So, yeah, there is, that's the way I see it And when it comes to MVP. Where's the team? Because look at Jason Tatum with the Boston Celtics, for an example. He's definitely an MVP candidate, a top one, like Zion. Look at the Boston Celtics and their success. Can they live without him? Uh, it would be different without Zion on the floor. Zion's yes. been on the floor. It is really strong for the Pels after the 6-6 six and six start and what they've done in recent weeks because of his efficiency more than anything else. His numbers are great, but also look at the overall efficiency of the way he's done it. And then the pick-me-up, he's, yeah, I mean, he was plus minus. He was number one on the team yesterday. Yeah. Nobody close. That's how much he means to this franchise. But he also means a great deal to his teammates. And now he's bonding with his teammates. You can tell. Mm-hmm. He's a great young guy, period. But his teammates, he's starting to become a part of. you got to be on the floor. And he said that. He was hurting last year at the end of the year because he couldn't help them in the postseason. But it's about what has he meant to the franchise? Has he elevated those around him? And then what about you don't see 500 teams usually with MVPs. You see teams that are in the top tier, elite among their conferences, and that's where Zion has put the Pels. Joel, last Pelicans topic before we um, segue to a, a different uh, subject. Um, I know that uh, you know you and I are big NBA League Pass guys. I mean, how much fun is it to see that the Pelicans are in first place in the standings right now? And, I mean, do we have you locked in for Hawks-Grizzlies tonight? I mean, how much uh, – how, how exciting is this right now just to be able to have this experience of being able to see them number one in the West? Well, I found out how to do it on my phone, Jim. Uh, every day I go to NBA.com and I screenshot the standings. Mm. Save it. I want to make it last a long time. <laughs> <So> <laughs> because you and I have been around a long time with the franchise. Yep. And <laughs> this is, I'm enjoying, I know it's only 26 games in, but I'm enjoying the success. I feel like a kid. So, uh, it, and I will go to the hotel in Salt Lake City, and I will be on my laptop. Monday's big night in the NBA. Now, there's also always a ton of games on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday's kind of a flat night usually. There's only three or four. Yep. So, tonight, I will be sequestered in my room watching League Pass on my laptop. And I got a big screen, fortunately, on the laptop. And I you know, on my phone, another game. The, and with a tablet, if I need a third game. So uh, it, these are really, really high times for us as a city. Not just the franchise, but the city is pumped up. You see Pell's gear everywhere. Yeah. You see the logo everywhere. And then that hat that, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a hat, that AG and I were on camera the giveaway. <laughs> Pierre? Is yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. classic. Just, There's a lot of ones that look item. stinky out there because it looks like some of them haven't been washed since they got them <laughs> walking into right. the arena. It's but like those old baseball hats that have stains on them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
You know, there would be good giveaways, though, in like Boston and Minneapolis because they're cold weather cities and those puppies are warm. <laughs> yeah, they are really true. warm. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got the ornament giveaway coming up on the 22nd. Oh, I'm glad you brought that Ooh. up. Club, and I, I didn't know, but the club put AD and I on the ornament. How sweet is that? Oh, That's nice. Awesome to think of us. What right. better way so to decorate they, your tree? Yeah, I was going to put a Joel you know, angel man. on top of my tree, <laughs> but now I can have an ornament too. What? Well, you're ready for this. I saw it for the first time. I didn't know about it, and neither did AD. And I saw it yesterday for the first time. I looked at AD, and I said, God, I hope that doesn't give kids nightmares when they see it on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so. just need, I wish the ornament <laughs> had the voice attached to it. Like it was a you could push it oh, and just your no, – That'd be dangerous. <laughs> that would be like Lurch of the Adams family in your home. You don't want that. <laughs> I got to say, the, the giveaway last night uh, of the New Orleans Pelicans logo looks amazing. I have no idea when I'm going to have the patience to do it. It's 530-some-odd pieces. Wow. So unless Pretty I have cool. some sort of mental breakdown, uh, don't expect me to put it together soon. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see if we can get together and hunker down on the podcast and do it. Joel, before we let you go, because I know you need to get to – on the move here and get to Salt Lake City and enjoy Utah for the next three or four days. Um, we obviously had some sad news yesterday with the passing of Paul Silas. He was the first coach in New Orleans Hornets history. He was here for the inaugural season when Charlotte Hornets moved here in 0203. And you got to know him pretty well over the years. Um, I, you know, the more I look at his career and you kind of research all of the stuff that he did and all of the things that he touched, I feel like you could almost write a book, an NBA history, just from his career that you could cover. You know, he was part of the Boston dynasty teams. He was, you know, like I said, he was the first coach here. He was LeBron James's first head coach in the NBA and many, many other, you know, accomplishments and things that he was a part of. I mean, but what were some of your remembrances from from him, his career? And also, I know that you you had have spoken with him many times. Yeah, he and he and Lenny Wilkins. Whenever I run into Paul Silas and Lenny Wilkins, okay, what do you want to talk about with the Hawks this time? Because they were my first team, and yeah. I grew up in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I'm a great, I'm proud of where I grew up. I love St. Louis, and and that team with Bob Pettit and Bob's last year was Paul's rookie season, sixty four, sixty five. It was it was amazing to watch him as much, and he was a great gentleman. He was mm-hmm. a true gentleman. He was so fierce on the floor. He was so strong on the floor as a rebounder. It was amazing. He, I mean, he led college basketball in rebounding. He won three titles because of what he brought to the table for his team. Uh, he was uh, an amazing guy. He was an NBA All-Star as well a couple of times. Defensive first team a couple of times. I could have a list of his accomplishments. But five times all NBA defense. He, just, he was a great team player. Great person. So my condolences to Stephen, the entire family. He was only 79, which in this day and age is not old anymore. Mm-hmm. Bob is, as I said at the very beginning, is 90 today. Sure. So Paul was a big part of my childhood, and he knew it. And I was, I was fortunate because I got to talk to him whenever we went into Charlotte, mm-hmm. and he was there. He was at every game, you know, until recently when his when his health started to fail him. So mm-hmm. my condolences to the family because. He was just a great guy, true gentleman, really a quality person. So it's a loss for all of us. You know, you mentioned how much of a of a gentleman he was and, and, a, and just a good man. I think it's funny. I think there's some of the younger fans or people who watch TNT all the time who've heard his name, 
might think of that Charles Barkley always tells a story. I'm not sure if you're, if you remember this or it, it might come to mind when I tell it, but Barkley always says that he had, he, he knew Paul Silas um, as when I think Paul Silas was one of his assistant coaches. And he kind of jokingly said to Paul Silas that he was going to punch him in the head. And Paul Silas said back to Charles Barkley, you know, you have a head too. And so that's the story <laughs> that Barkley always tells about like how tough Paul Silas was, because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure at the time, Paul Silas was maybe like in his fifties or so, and he still was just ready to come back at Charles Barkley. I never met Paul Silas, but um, it just seems like he was just kind of like one of those gentle giant kind of guys, like just a big intimidating dude. But when you talk to him, he was, he just seemed like he was just a sweet, the sweetest guy and just a really classy individual who, you know, just carried himself that way. Yeah. Warm and genuine off the floor, on the floor. He was a tough customer. And it was a different game. It was a very physical game in those days. You went to the rack, you could end up on your wallet. And most times you did. You had to be tough. And Paul was exactly that. But off the floor, he was as good as they come. Really a nice person. Well, let's uh, let's pour one out for for Paul Silas tonight. And, uh, and, and Joel, good luck on the road. I'm hoping you get some some good juice uh, while you're out there in Utah. So uh, it's it's going to be a fun road trip, and we will see how the Pelicans continue to stack up in the West. Joel, thank you so much for joining the podcast. We look forward to your play-by-play on Valley Sports as always. Thanks a ton, Joel. You got it, guys. Thank you for having me, and hopefully a real good road trip. Talk to you soon. Oh, man, big old thanks to Joel Venile himself, Mr. Joel Myers, the voice of the Pelicans. Uh, he's going to have a lot of fun in Utah. I think we're riding a little high, and uh, I am excited to see the Utah Jazz, who who put it on us uh, a little bit earlier in the season, and I think, uh, I think they're going to see a different Pelican squad. I think we're going to see a different Jazz squad than we saw back then. By the way, before I get into Utah, your reference to Jovenile reminds me. I'm starting to see more and more of those Jovenile t-shirts popping up in the stands as <laughs> yeah. I walk around Smoothie King Center. And I'm like, what a how much better there's no more appropriate place, I think, than New Orleans to see a uh say see t-shirts on people of a a veteran broadcaster dressed up as a, a 90s rapper. Yeah. But in terms of Utah, um this is gonna be really interesting because as you referenced Pelicans played them in the third game of the season, which was the home opener. Kind of like we talked about with Phoenix, where the Suns are a lot different team from the playoffs last year to what they are now. I think Utah's had a lot of twists and turns in their season. They got off to a 10-3 start, then cooled off quite a bit. Yeah, surprised everybody. Right, but um, Mike Conley it was out for a lot of that stretch where they lost a bunch of games, and then they've they've kind of leveled off lately. Where they, you know, they've now they've been kind of five hundred. So I'm curious to see what direction they go in. They're obviously a, a, a very tough team at home too. That that's one thing that's been pretty consistent over the years. No matter how good the that Utah is, is that they're it's difficult to win in Salt Lake City. That crowd is like right on top of you. The way that they've built that arena is kind of unique compared to a lot of the other NBA arenas where it's more of like a hockey arena where you have to have more more space for the boards. Yeah. Um, but luckily they can't curse in Utah, and that helps. Yeah that, yeah, that helps. I'm not sure if they really follow that rule, though, or enforce it during games because yeah. of some of the stuff that I've heard there. But nonetheless, that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'll have uh, on Pelicans.com Tuesday morning, we're going to have 
a rival report where Utah Jazz radio broadcaster David Locke kind of discusses the journey that the Jazz have been on so far this season going into the year. A lot of people thought they were going to be in the sweepstakes for the number one pick and one of the worst teams in the league, and they've proven repeatedly that that's not going to be the case with the guys that they have. So it'll be kind of a look at, you know, again, another two-game series where you're playing against the same team twice. I'm very curious. It's been a while since the Pelicans have had a stretch of multiple road games uh, in a row. We've been home a lot lately, which has been awesome. But I want to see how they respond to, you know, getting back on some of these tough road tests. And also hopefully we will get to see Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones at some point soon. And that was something that Willie Green mentioned that he's extremely hopeful that they'll be able to get back on the court. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. It's a, it, it, the chemistry was great uh, with the Pelicans, even missing those guys against the Suns. And it's easy to get juiced with a home crowd, especially one as raucous as they were. Uh, but but again, you got to find your juice on the road, see how they respond. Uh, you're hoping that you don't see any rust when B.I. and Herb come back. Uh, and you just want to keep it rolling. You know, if we can keep these wins coming, facing the Jazz twice, and then the Suns on their home floor, and then we're going to be uh, back at home against the Bucks, And that is going to be uh, not an easy game because the Bucks are good at this sport of basketball. Yes, plenty more good tests and interesting competition. I feel like the respect that the Pelicans are gaining is just rapidly increasing, and we're going to see that reach another level if they – keep this uh, stretch going. I mean, we barely talked about that they have a seven-game winning streak, longest since 2018. I yep, mean, they've won 12 of the past 14 games. Right, started out 6-6, six and six, now they're 18-8. and eight. So just got to keep it going. And I, I think, uh, especially when we get to the end of this month and we get you know, past Christmas, I think people are, if they aren't already, they're going to realize like this team is just, this team is really good. And it's a lot of fun to watch. And they're just going to be so much more interesting as, as the season comes down to the wire sitting number two right now, or, or the grizzle as much as we, we want a rivalry with the Suns, And I feel like it's just falling into place. Naturally, the Grizzlies in division feels like just a really juicy rivalry one and two with Ja Morant and Zion and just them being hard, scrappy, Steven Adams, who used to be here, and Jonas, and they always have a little something extra for each other. Just, It's a fun rivalry game, and to watch these two teams duke it out for one and two, it's it's just going to be fun. And, uh, and it just feels nice to sit there as a Pelicans employee and fan to say, with honesty, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of any of these tests. I really think it's going to be fun to see how we stack up. Yeah, you mentioned the Grizzlies. Um, there's a game in Memphis's FedEx Forum on New Year's Eve, so that'll be really fun and interesting, and the Pelicans will be looking to do much better than they've done the last few times that they've gone to Tennessee to play them. Um, the night before that, they have on the 30th, the Pelicans have a home game against the Sixers. So, I mean, that's a great back-to-back as far as the opponents and some of the star power that you're going to be facing. But like you said, I mean – they're playing so well at at this point. It's like some of these other teams are more concerned about the Pelicans than necessarily Pelicans fans are about these some of these squads. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of fun to just see the way that they're playing and for them to continue meeting all of these challenges the way they did against Phoenix on the weekend has been just beyond fun. Yeah. So if you're like me and and you're a Pelicans fan who's maybe in a little shell shock and sort of like, is this really happening? Are they really that good? Uh, you know, do yourself a favor and look at the opposing teams, uh, either coverage, uh, their fans' tweets. It's it's really nice to see how scared other people are of the Pelicans, deservedly so, because we're coming. 
Uh, we are the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. This one was a lot of fun. Big thanks to Joel Myers of Bally Sports for hopping on the podcast. Big thanks to Mr. Jim Eichenhofer for being there. And uh, a big thanks to you for listening. Tell your friends and pals to check out the Pelicans podcast. We appreciate every single one of you. And we will see you again on Wednesday. We'll have somebody from the radio crew on with us. And it's going to be another fun one, I predict. I am Joe Cardosi. Thank you for listening to the Pelicans podcast. We'll see you then. And until then, go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com.